Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'll pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. New Year's Eve Eve. Welcome to the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Kelly Center. Will Tony producing for us from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, great day to be a Golden Eagle. This is our last live show of the year. i got a best of tomorrow. We'll tell you a little bit more about that show later in this program, but we appreciate you uh, joining us today. First segment, as always, brought to us by our good friends at Dickie's Barbecue. Justin and his crew in Hattiesburg right outside Turtle Creek Mall. Still got time maybe to get in a little catering order. I'll watch some some college playoff football tomorrow, NFL this weekend. Uh, Dickie's, when you eat in-house, of course, you get Kelly Center approved soft-serve ice cream. Dickie's cooked here, loved everywhere. Breaking news yesterday, just as we went off the air, men's basketball was set to uh, play tonight against Western Kentucky at home and then Saturday uh, against Marshall. And, and just as we got off air yesterday, both games now have been postponed due to COVID protocols within the Southern Miss basketball team. So uh, both games tonight and Saturday, tonight against Western Kentucky, Saturday against Marshall, both are uh, postponed uh, until later notice because of COVID protocols within Southern Miss. Ladies uh, set, though, still they will travel. They're in Bowling Green and will take on Western Kentucky tonight at 630 and then in Huntington at noon on Saturday. Kelly Center, no basketball tonight. Uh, A little hockey going on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, but we're going to talk refereeing today. We are. Rodney Shouse joins us now on the Super Talk Mississippi Hotline for 23 years, a Division I football and basketball official or combination of the two there, and talking a little bit about how, how you get to be an official at that point and why now do we have a shortage of officials. Rodney, good afternoon to you. Happy New Year. Good afternoon to you, Kelly. Luke, hope you guys are ready for a big New Year's celebration. We are. We are. We want to tell everybody Rodney is in lives in Hattiesburg and has for, for quite some time. Rodney, it's not you don't just show up at the NCAA office and say, I'm here to officiate. How does one work the way up the ladder to become a Division One official? You know, Kelly, I mean, it's People get in at the local levels, like here. I mean, I get Hattiesburg Officials Association, and and um, and there are different types of um, you progress through that, and uh, uh, there are different types of camps that are put on by uh, college official, uh, college supervisors, and they have the college uh, officials on their staff work them, and you can go to those type of things where they see you work and. Uh, and kind of watch your career, and 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 if they like you, find a spot for you. Kind of like even the NFL does the same thing through the colleges. You know, they have uh, they send scouts to the games to watch the officials work, just like uh, they would for players, and you know, for the teams would, and uh, and they they find people and uh, uh, 
you know, kind of put their name in the hat and kind of watch their career and see how things are going. Yeah. So, so are you are you are you a, a referee at the Division One level, or are you specifically a back judge, or specifically a line judge, or how does that work? Is the how those assignments are made? Well, you you actually work a position, and you work that position pretty much all year. Doesn't mean that they won't change positions or move people into a referee or move, you know. Uh, but no, when you because uh, every all all seven or eight uh, of officials, I mean, they all have different mechanics and different roles and different things they're watching. It's not like you're able to be a fan and sit back and watch the game, you know. You have different areas. It's you kind of play a zone defense. Uh, you have a uh, you know you start out with a key where you have a particular key that's your responsibility, and then in three to five seconds into the play, you go zone. If you're an official, you know watching areas. And, so. and I wanted to ask you, and I don't think I've ever uh, that I've asked this since this has come on. But there's more, and seems to be more and more replay, which I've heard some some critics of not only the replay format, but have said that, that instant replay, to a degree, allows officials to not be very good, which I thought was an interesting thought that, that you know, well, that we just won't call it and we'll let video, you know, instant. I have always contended it's a game, whatever the game is, it's played by humans, it should be officiated by humans, but what say you, Rodney Shouse, about all the instant replay? Well... You know, I was in the middle of my career. I don't remember exactly when instant replay came in in the college, but I know it was <laughs> during my career. And uh, you know, and a lot of officials didn't like it. To me, I liked it because the whole idea is to get it right, and if it's something that helps us get it right. <clears throat> but what you're saying has some merit to it because, as an official. You know, basically, you were taught if you saw, you know, what you saw, you call. Uh, but if you don't see it, and and guys, I'm telling you, everything happens in a split second. And sure. For yeah. all this to replace and all the things, it's amazing to me that it's uh, that it's as correct as it is. But if you know, if I didn't definitely see the guy on the ground with the ball in his hands, you ruled it a fumble because you could always you could always correct it bring it back but if you call it dead it is a fumble i mean it, you him down but it really is a fumble you can reverse it and give the people the ball there but they wouldn't have benefited maybe to what happened during the play so i think it does have an effect on how it's called yes talking to uh to rodney shows and and rodney you know the the old quip is you can call holding on every single play of the of the game for sure what's what's the probably the most difficult rule really two parts the, the most difficult rule to call and then the the newest rule that seems to be hardest to enforce or that that teams and players have the hardest time adapting to well, I think y'all got Shay coming on a little bit later. He can probably about the newest rules, you know, um, because I don't study the rules really anymore. So I'm not sure good that. But the, uh, the, the, you know, I think that the holdings always are, uh, because you could almost call it. But the philosophy every play. But the philosophy is, you know, when when as an official sees that jersey tug. Uh, sees that separation, or it's at the point of attack, you know, the running back's coming through that hole uh, in the line. I mean, that's when it's, it should be called. 
if it's on the other side of the field, you know, the philosophy is you let it go. Now, I can remember when John Thompson's USM, you know, he would, he and I had many <laughs> talks about it, and he would say, well, how do you know that guy over here on the other end of the field is not going to catch him 30 yards downfield, you know, and you don't. But yeah. I guess, uh, you know, the, the coaches and the, actually make the rules and the rule changes, you know, and the officials really have no input into it. There's one, I think, official on the committee. So very limited uh, input, and the officials are just trained as to call it the way that the coaches have you know, have the new rules right. in. And, uh, yeah, they, they don't make the rules. They ju- you're just there to enforce them. Right. Who? Speaking of John Thompson, he got lively on the sidelines. Who, who was uh, the, the coach that gave it to you the most? Or you just said, man, I don't want to face that dude today. You know, I really, Luke, I'm a, as an official in the, at the D1 level, it's, 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 um, you really don't, you, you realize that these guys, you know, are coaching and, 18 to 22 year old kids are really deciding, deciding their livelihood and they get excited, but, uh, and they, but there's nobody that, that really, uh, you know, that, that I don't think I ever thought that. I never thought, boy, I don't want to go there. I, I worked downfield, um, as a, as a field judge, most of the side judge and field judge, most of my career. So my response, one of my responsibilities was to report the penalties to the coach on my sideline. And, uh, you know, most of the time, there would be times that they would be uh, upset, but you just don't take it personal, you know. So I I, I had uh, Alabama one year, year after they won the national championship. I don't remember when it was, 97, 8, something. And they had their opening game the next year, and uh, Stallings was there, you know, and he, he would try to intimidate. I remember, remember when to get to captains, and – and you said, you know, coach ready for captains, and he just shut the door in my face, you know. I mean, it hit about four inches, and I thought, now what I do? So, I mean, I had to get the captains. But, uh, you know, there, there are things that happen, but not uh, it's not too bad, not near as bad. You have a lot of social events during the off season. We'd go and have uh, meetings with the coaches, you know, play golf and do with a – where they get to see you and you get to see them on a personal basis, realizing, you know, everybody's okay you know people make mistakes and people get upset but it's not i don't think anything intentional man as when as rodney talked about earlier working your way up the ladder and being scouted by the next level up i i would think that your personal demeanor and how you keep your cool or don't keep your cool whatever the way whatever the case may be on the field would be part of the puzzle as to whether you get promoted or whether you don't for 23 years, he was a Division One official. Rodney Schaus from Hattiesburg giving us a little bit of insight of the life of a referee. When we come back, Shay Lott, also from Hattiesburg, is with Conference USA. We're going to talk to Shay about Conference USA, the evolution, and the evolution of the refereeing game and why are refs so difficult to come by nowadays. That's when the Eagle Hour continues after these commercial messages. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Eagle Hour continues on this Thursday, December 30th. Happy to have you along. Luke Johnson, Kelly Santer, Will Tony. 
From the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel, appreciate Rodney Shouse joining us, sharing his uh, insights uh, about refereeing at the D1 level for over two decades. Kelly, I found it interesting that, that Gene Stallings slammed the door in Rodney's face. Uh, I wonder if that was the uh, maybe around the same time that Jim Stump Taylor slammed the door in Gene Stallings' face <laughs> well, on a 52-yard field goal. You know that Gene Stallings had to be very old school, right? Absolutely. So that should, I, I, and Rodney was not surprised by it, you know, Absolutely. I'm sure. Just a great story. Second segment brought to you every day by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. They'll ship to your house. You can shop there 24-7, 365, or go see them on Hardy Street, in Hattiesburg, baseball season coming up. Go get all the swag at Campus Bookmark. All right, uh, Kelly, there is a, a a rumor out there that Conference USA guys are severely inhibited in, in their sight ability. Our, our next guest is going to refute that idea. <laughs> yes, he is. Shay Lott, who uh, prepped uh, in high school at Northwest Rankin, went on to the University of Alabama, now makes his home in Hattiesburg, a Licensed official with Conference USA. Shay, as we welcome you, Happy New Year. You finally get the big call. You sign with Conference USA, and Southern Miss says, adios. Or <laughs> <laughs> so much for the game close to home, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bad timing. But uh, Rodney told us a little bit about, you know, working your way. But, but this, is, this was not an overnight thing for you. How long did it take for you to finally get that call? Kelly, uh, well, first off, uh, Happy New Year to you guys. It'll be coming up, so if I don't talk to you before, Happy New Year to you and your listeners. Hope you all had a great Christmas. Uh, to answer your question, it took me uh, four years at the college level. That's D2, D3, and JUCO. So okay. I did high school for about four years. Then uh, I guess my second or third year into high school transitioned and also worked JUCO on Thursday nights. Then after a year in JUCO, got picked up uh, out in the Lone Star Conference in American Southwest. That's a D2, D3 uh, covering Texas. And uh, worked that for a couple of years. So at, at the uh, D2, D3, and JUCO level, it took me uh, – I got hired by Conference USA uh, starting my fifth year. And and the, the, the further you way, work your way up the ladder, the bigger the money becomes, like anything else, NFL referees right. – all they would have to do, really, is referee NFL games, and they would make a very good living. But with all that being said, when you look at the, the state situation, Shaylot, the MHSAA and the MAIS have said the lack of officials is almost getting to be so problematic that they may have to start scheduling games on Thursday and Friday because there simply aren't enough referees to go around. What's going on here? Well, Kelly, I mean that they uh, so high school did that, if I'm not mistaken, uh, towards the latter part of this past season. They did. They did. I thought they did. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, a, and a a big part of that, Kelly, it's a it's a multifaceted problem. But I, part of it is pay. I mean, I think the high school guys make you know 110 dollars uh, for the game. Um, and, but I think more than the money, it's just. It's not really very uniform like it is at the collegiate level. And what I mean by that is you don't <clears> – <throat> guys don't – aren't taught mechanics at the high school level for what position they're working. Um, I don't think you get a whole lot of instruction at the high school level. And so I'm sure for guys coming out there, it can be pretty frustrating when you don't have any kind of coaching on what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to call it, where you're supposed to, you know, stand pre-snap and during the play, that kind of thing. 
there's just not a lot of uniformity is one problem. And then secondly, uh, high school uh, assigners and, and people that are over the high school associations um, don't really actively go out to these camps that uh, guys are at trying to get to the collegiate level and recruit any guys, you know. So I think if they did a better job at that level recruiting uh, officials and also maybe sent their officials to local uh, Division One college camps that are being put on in the offseason to learn some mechanics, um, that it would improve the number of officials and it would also improve the – the level of officiating and the calls that you get during a game at the high school level. All right, I'm going to turn you over to Luke here in just a second, but my final question for you in, in this uh, this part of the show, Shaylot, one of the things that people talk about is that the lack of civility our overall country seems to have now and lack of respect for one another is also part of the reason why referees are just saying, we're not going to take this abuse. The older guys are retiring, and the younger kids who are raised up in a politically correct antiseptic world don't want to get in situations where they might make a wrong call and make somebody angry or upset. Is there any validity to that argument? I mean, there could be, Kelly. I I mean, I I see it. You you definitely have to have some thick skin to officiate any sport, whether it's baseball, basketball, or football. you know, you're you're going to have usually half the half the crowd's going to be mad at you at one, after one call. So you have to have thick skin. And like you said, today's uh, youth coming up, uh, some of them aren't as thick skinned, and you know, just may not want to take that kind of abuse for a hundred bucks. Shay, is there ever a time where, and you, I don't want you to speak in the first person if this has happened to you, but I mean, is, is there ever a time when the refs just kind of get together and somebody just says, dude, I blew that one. Or then you have to go tell a coach saying, hey, he blew that. Does that ever happen? Yeah, that that, that happens. You know, and that's one of the things they really preach, at, especially at the uh, college level of officiating, um, is integrity. And so, you know, uh, coaches aren't going to make the right play call 100% of the time, and officials are going to miss some calls once in a while. Now, the good thing at the college level, you got – seven other guys with you uh there's eight officials out there and you got guys in the replay booth so it's it makes it a little easier to get right but you don't have all those resources at the high school level and the lower levels of college and uh you know sometimes calls are made wrong and when it is the part of the integrity is don't guess don't try and make an excuse for it but if you blew a call it's okay to tell the coach you know hey coach you're right i probably blew that call my bad and you know wipe it and go on to the next play and you know do the best job you can but officials don't intentionally make wrong calls just like coaches don't official you know intentionally call bad plays it just sometimes happens i saw an interesting call last night in the alamo bowl um oklahoma got his player got his helmet ripped off and he broke free and and was going to the house for a 51 yard touchdown because helmet came off they had to stop play right then and there so he didn't score they they, uh, assessed the 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 face mask what is the like in all these newer rules which one is the hardest to implement uh, assess it seems as if you know teams have the hardest time comprehending it on the field well you know one it's seems like it's, it's brought up every year and um, is talked about back and forth is the targeting rule. I mean, that's a what is, what isn't. It's a, it's a 
it's a tough rule. They they broke it this past year. The rules committee came back and made it a uh, two different types of targeting. There's targeting with the crown of the helmet, and then there's just the general target and you know any forceful contact of the head or neck area on a defenseless player. So there, there's little things that have to be present during the play to constitute a targeting call. So it's made it easier on that on that in that stance, but it's still that's a tough call. Right. You know, it's, when you got guys playing at that speed, sometimes it's hard to get your head out of the way. Or the receiver running back may lower his head expecting contact, and then incidentally you make contact, you know, helmet to helmet. Well, and, Absolutely. And, and the result is punitive because that player also gets ejected, and that could be a, you know, a stud for one of those teams. If there was a rule, Shay, that you, that you personally could just get rid of, you just wave a magic wand and say, that's a stupid rule, I hate it, I would get rid of it, what would it be? Is there one that comes to mind? Well, for me, probably targeting, Kelly. Back <laughs> back in the day when I played, if there had been a rule for targeting, I don't think I would have ever got a snap on the field but one because I, I made a living off of targeting. But, but so, you know, the, the answer to that, rule. I mean, Shay, you know, the, the answer, it seems as if common sense would be give the dude a 15-yard. It, it's like a personal foul. The second one, he's gone. Because, like, to your point, sometimes they can't pull up because the play happens so fast. It looks and a whole lot a, worse in, in replay than it does live. That, that's true, and, and that's a great point. Um, I hope that's something that will be visited. I understand the rule. Um, you know, it's, it's player safety is what they're looking out for. And, you know, player safety rules, hey, that's good rules. But sometimes it's a little tough to enforce. And, and in this case, I think, like you were saying, the penalty – is a little harsh. And so if they would do it kind of like a uh, uh, personal foul and, you know, you got one as a 15-yarder and then the second one, uh, maybe then the ejection or, or for the half or, you know, the next two quarters, that, that, that may be better. It is kind of severe for a guy, especially, you know, you watch a guy come out in the first quarter of a bowl game or, you know, a big rivalry football game and then – Three or four plays into it, he gets a targeting call and he's gone for the rest of the night. And that, that's that's pretty tough. Of course, I, I know Shay a lot enough to know that he is old school and uh, and targeting. That's what he aimed for. So. <laughs> yeah, we, we called it ear holing, right? That's what you're supposed to shoot for. <laughs> that's right. Shay, always good to talk to you. Continued success. Happy New Year. Hey, guys, thank you all for having me. Happy New Year to you, too. All right. Shay Lott has been with us. When Luke and I return, we're going to talk about Southern Miss basketball, they're going to play tonight. We're going to play Saturday. No longer. We'll tell you why, where they go from here, and update you on other local Southern Miss news when the Eagle Hour continues in just a moment. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by our buddies at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Not opening today until 3 o'clock, so about another hour and a half before they'll get rolling today. But you know they'll be, uh, they'll be ready to serve you New Year's Eve and New Year's Day with all of the bowl games. From what I understand, there's a team in Oxford, Mississippi, that's playing at some point uh, this weekend. Might interest you. Doesn't interest me. But they'll have the games on to make sure that everybody's happy at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Home of the 895 Luncheon have been with us I think from day 1 as an Eagle Hour sponsor and I don't think that cha- that price for lunch has ever changed. It's been at 895 huge portions 
<laughs> Will Tony and I are well, both. Yeah, the, the, the portions are the, <laughs> yeah. the, they're, they're Kelly Center approved. Yes, in, indeed. <laughs> Lots to talk about. Uh, Luke mentioned it at the top of the program. First of all, basketball-wise at Southern Miss, the men's games uh, scheduled for tonight and Saturday. Tonight against Western Kentucky, Saturday against Marshall. Both games at Reed Green Coliseum have been postponed because of COVID protocols at Southern Miss. This is a this is an eagle problem, from what I understand, not a not a thundering herd or a hilltopper issue. But Luke, as we bring you back here and talk about a myriad of Southern Miss subjects now, when you look at that schedule, I don't know where they're going to put these games. Yeah, I mean when you when you look at exactly what's coming up, it's basically a Thursday Saturday from here on out. Right. So next week. At UTSA at UTEP, the week of January um, 9th is when they play the doubleheader with Tech. They, they go to Tech on the 13th, they, and then they play in Reed Green on, on the 16th. Then you're um, – you've actually – okay, they, they, they may could squeeze one in the week of January uh, 16th because you've got seven days. You play Tech on the 16th, and then you play Middle Tennessee the following Saturday. So they maybe could squeeze in like a Wednesday game what, what, or like a Thursday game because they've only got one game that week. Then you're just back to Thursday, Saturday. In late February, or I'm sorry, in early February, February the 10th, they play UAB. Then on February 17th, they play UTSA. So they've got a week there too. So those are two possible places where you could squeeze one of these in, but it just depends on what Western Kentucky and Marshall have on the schedule. Mm-hmm. And remember, remember, that's if no other games – Right. Get postponed because of COVID. Exactly. All right, because we're just starting the the conference uh, slate. But what's but particularly concerning to me, you guys, is that the next three games for the Eagles. Then, without these two home games, mm-hmm. they go on the road for three in a row. And I don't care what conference you're playing in; it's tough to win on the road. Yeah. And and Southern Miss needs a win. I mean, I think the Eagles are what four and eight, four and nine. I mean, they need you know a, a win or two, and to win on the road. Now, the UTSA UTSA is not great. UTSA perhaps is winnable, but they'll be prohibitive underdogs probably against UTEP um, and Rice. Eagles North Texas. right now, Eagles right now two and two at home, zero and six on the road. They're in currently a, a six game losing streak. So, yeah, I mean you you get the Christmas break now you got a COVID break, but again with COVID, how's it going to affect guys? You know their stamina and stuff on the the court. So, just a, a, a long year continues in the midst of that. All right, uh, college football last night. Oklahoma defeated Oregon 47-32 in the Alamo Bowl. Clemson got their 10th year in a row or 11th year in a row of winning 10 games or more. They knocked off your Cyclones, Kelly, 20-13 to in the Cheez-It Bowl. Then Maryland blew out Virginia Tech 54-10. Um, to Today on the docket right now, it just went final. Shane Beamer of South Carolina is currently getting a mayonnaise bath as he – and uh, his South Carolina Gamecocks, there's a there's a case to be made. That dude is one of the uh, a candidate for coach of the year. I mean, he started the season with a graduate assistant quarterback. South Carolina wins the Battle of the Carolinas. They knock off the Tar Heels 38-21. 2 o'clock today, Tennessee and Purdue at the Music City Bowl in Nashville at 6 p.m. Pittsburgh and Michigan State. In the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, that wouldn't be a good one. Uh, I, I think I'm for, for maybe Pitt in that one. Then Wisconsin, Arizona State, the nightcap at 930 in the Las Vegas Bowl. Kelly, we were talking about during the um, the break, Conference USA kind of right in the middle of bowl records. As of today, uh, the AAC 3-0, and uh, the Big Ten 2-0, uh, the Mountain West 5-1, and the Sun Belt 3-1, and 
the Big 12, 2 and 2. The uh, Conference USA right in the middle at 3 and 5. The ACC with Carolina, North Carolina losing falls to 1 and 3. Uh, the MAC is 2 and 5, Pac 12, 0 and 2. And it just means more is now with South Carolina's win, 1 and 4. It really does just mean more. And if you look at the, the and Conference USA is about done. I think, I mean, they've. Mm-hmm. They're done. Yeah, so 3 and 5, it's not going to get any better. For Conference USA. Now, the Sun Belt, on the other hand, which is the conference that Southern Miss is moving to no later than July of 2023. Stay tuned. More on that in a moment. Yes. Uh, but three and one, the Sun Belt faring pretty well in uh, in bowl play this year, Luke. So we said stay tuned. Is there anything new about whether well, there seems to be the Flames looks like they're being fanned by different sources from around the country that the move to the Sun Belt from Conference USA may be happening sooner rather than later. The chatter's picked up a, a lot um, just with, with social media stuff. A couple new tweets out today. I was uh, texting back and forth uh, during the break with one of our listeners, and they pointed to me there's actually a Conference USA fan account. And take this with a grain of salt, guys, okay? so But at the same time, you see when this chatter starts picking up, um, there's a Conference USA fan account that is saying that Marshall, Southern Miss, Old Dominion, and James Madison will join the Sun Belt in July of 2022. Then a Coastal Carolina fan account, uh, kind of a conglomerate fan account, uh, put the same thing out. And uh, just just to talk about it, because it's fun to talk about, uh, kind of their stab at the divisions would be the West would be Texas State, ULM, uh, Louisiana, Lafayette, Arkansas State, Southern Miss, South Allen, Troy, which is what we we said the same thing. The East would be Georgia State, um, Coastal, Appalachian, Old Dominion, James Madison, uh, Marshall, and Georgia Southern. So. Uh, probably six division games and two to three cross division games. So uh, I, I would think you would go six uh, in because you got seven per division and then two cross, and you, that way you get four uh, non conference games. But but yeah, just the chatters out there, and you just follow it, Kelly, and you just keep monitoring it. But I mean, I, I feel like th- there's a extremely good chance. With all the chatter that's going on and the incentives for these athletic directors to make it happen, you know, financially, I think it will get done. And this is the same kind of chatter that we had when we were talking about leaving Conference USA to begin with. We started hearing this kind of chatter, and then it happened. Where there's smoke, there's got to be fire somewhere. Yeah, it's not just it's not just one tweet going out. It's, right, it's you know, multiple from different areas of the country. Exactly, and it, it all goes back. Was that that original tweet, Kelly? Like in late September, was that was that from that James Madison like fan blog? Yeah, site. You, Kelly, you brought yes. it to our attention. I think it yes, was, yeah, and and because I was and and the Old Dominion. Remember, we were talking to the voice of the Old Dominion monarchs, and he's going, man. I don't know if it's true, but we, we, meaning Old Dominion, would love to be back in a conference with James Madison because right. we hate them. <laughs> yeah. It's a love-hate relationship. Good for everybody. Yeah, it is. It, it, and, of course, you know what they mean by we hate them. Yeah. We respect them and, and have a good rivalry going. But if, indeed, those divisions wind up being, as you said, Luke, the East and, and the West, the West, to me, is, is more compact as far as travel goes. you got – you do have to make a trip to Arkansas, but other than that, everything is pretty much in pretty a close. Yeah, in a Te- Texas State's probably actually a little further than yeah. uh, than Jones, San Marcos, right? But everything else is. Uh, I mean, you're you're not going to play Texas Arlington in in football. You're not going to play Little Rock in football. 
So everything else is within a four-hour drive. You've got four schools within a four-hour drive. If you play Georgia State, Atlanta's six, uh, you can fly everywhere else. Part of me wants to, you know, go to Boone or, or Conway. I mean, that'd be incredible. I, I, I wouldn't think that they would pair Southern Miss up with Old Dominion or Marshall as a cross-conference rival. I wouldn't think they would probably do that. So there's a good chance you might see Appalachian or, or Coastal on your non-conference slate. But we're all agreed that it, this beats the heck out of having to go to El Paso no and question. Norfolk and you know all these other places that you know way up the eastern seaboard. Well, you gotta go to Norfolk if you play Old Dominion. Oh yeah, yeah, but I'm well, no. Yeah, but still, who well, there's a school further further north. It, it doesn't matter, but it, it's cl- a lot closer, more yeah. compact, and I just think it's going to be better for everyone. And we hope, yep. we hope that that move does happen sooner rather than later. Yep. Uh, about a minute left in this segment. Just want to. Mentioned, man, a legend passed away yesterday. John Madden passes away uh, at the age of 85. Football player, football coach, and then perfected the art of the uh, football color commentary uh, position with uh, with Pat Summerall. That, that's the greatest duo of, of all time. But, Kelly, bringing it back to Southern Miss, I found it was really intriguing. I was watching an interview last night that Madden did, and, and he said the in, in 10 years of coaching the Raiders, the most no-brainer, easiest – First round draft pick that they ever made was Ray Guy. And look at all the great players that have played in the silver and black. And yeah. for him to say something like that, what does that say about Ray Guy? This and- this guy so first year lost in the AFL championship, then lost one, two, three, four, five AFC championship games, and then won the Super Bowl in nineteen seventy six. Of his ten years, only made uh, didn't make the playoffs only uh, only two years. And if you look right in that stretch, starting in 1973, that run of playing in four straight uh, AFC championship games, winning one and then playing another, Ray Guy's the punter. And and salute to Ray Guy. He could throw a baseball really, really hard, hits a golf ball 500 miles. The guy's just a freak of an athlete. They actually said on that interview last night that Ray would warm up, and people who didn't know who he was just thought he was one of the quarterbacks because he could throw the, throw the ball farther than the guys on the Raiders roster. One segment left in the Eagle Hour. will update you on fundraising efforts for baseball coach Corky Palmer when we return in a moment. Southern Miss to the top. This final segment of the Eagle Hour for 2021, the last live show, is brought to you by D1 and DBAT Training on Hardy Street. I always call it Highway 98, but I guess they could. Yeah. I guess it's Hardy Street out, out that far. And I'm t- t- trust me, I've coached youth baseball, travel baseball for a long time. And most youth baseball coaches, they think once the national championship game of football is played, it's time. It's time to get ready for baseball. Okay, so parents need to get ahead of the curve here. Get your children a membership to D1 or D-Bat so they can get into the cages early, whether it's softball or baseball. The pitching machines can throw a various different types of pitches at different speeds. It really is a state-of-the-art facility if you haven't been there. D1, D-Bat training. We're proud to have them as sponsors of the Eagle Hour. We now go live on the way to somewhere in Florida 
We never let anybody know where Melissa Socher is going. because for, Yeah, for security reasons, of course. All the paparazzi. She and Keith get kind of tired of all the paparazzi, you know. But as we welcome you, Melissa, and Happy New Year to you. We, happy New Year. It's about time you get a vacation because Mississippi Maiden Moor during December was kind of crazy, wasn't it? It was absolutely insane. We were so blessed, you know, for that to be our first holiday season. Um, you know, we were just kind of thrown in there, and you just kind of roll with the roll with the punches. <laughs> um, about I don't know nine out of ten people that came through my doors in December said, "Oh, this is our first time here. We didn't even know you were here." You know, next year we'll let you handle our Christmas gifts and corporate corporate gifts, and um, so we hope that all of those folks will be return customers. We were so happy to wrap gifts for people and to see, um, you know, bags full of happiness leaving the store every day. So lots of excitement. Yes, and in the background, our show is going to the dogs as Absolutely. we speak, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, <laughs> I'm so, holding my little pup, and so, we're actually headed to Alabama. So. Ah, okay. Uh-huh. All right. Well, I'm now, sorry you, he blew your cover. He just he'll do that occasionally, <laughs> Melissa. We're sorry. I was going to say you said that, Melissa. I was trying to protect y'all. He went one state over on purpose. All right, a couple things, Melissa. To update us on uh, on Coach Palmer, uh, sure. and or update us on the uh, the the raffle going for Coach Palmer, and then tell us about the parade sure. coming up. Sure. So um, the raffle um, fundraiser for Coach Corky Palmer medical expenses. Um, I made a deposit today and checked the balance. We're at eighteen thousand seven hundred and ninety some odd cents. Um, so we're eighteen thousand seven hundred dollars. So we're we're just still rolling on that. You know, our goal um, by February eighteenth when we do the big drawing. Um, you know, we'd love to hit twenty five thousand. That would be amazing or more. You know, so that's kind of where we're going with that. Um, you can purchase tickets. Um, at the first bank, any branch, or Mississippi Made and More. Um, or you can go online to gallabia.com and just key in uh, Corky Palmer, and uh, the raffle will come up there, and you're welcome to make just a generous donation or, you know, purchase tickets. Tell us about the parade coming up. Sure. So the, the Kairos um, Hattiesburg Mardi Gras Parade is set for February 26th. That's on a Saturday, and uh, the city... Um, we work hard with the city to set the date and the time, and we decided on a 4 o'clock p.m. parade this year, which is a big change from the 11 o'clock parade in years past. So um, that'll give folks more time that Saturday to get ready for the parade. Again, 4 o'clock p.m., uh, February 26th for the Hattiesburg Mardi Gras Parade. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, we appreciate all that you're doing for Coach Palmer and, and all that you do for uh, for Southern Miss. Um, what 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 is the appropriate menu item for New Year's Day? And I know you guys are, are selling some good stuff at Mississippi Made, too. Right. Uh, we just picked up the full line of Papa's Wharf Seafood. Uh, that's Remy um, over in Petal. So he actually makes, you know, the gumbo and the bisque mm-hmm. and the um, all of those seafood dishes, stuffed pork chops, stuffed chicken. He makes all of that in-house and brings it over to our store. Um, he smokes everything in-house. We have the smoked salmon dip and the smoked tuna dip, and um, everything he makes is absolutely amazing. And then we have Beth McKinley's dishes from Petal as well, uh, pre-made meals like beef tips and rice, beef stroganoff, um, green beans, mashed potatoes, um, all those good casseroles and sides. So we can definitely help you out for your New Year's Day. Uh, fixings and don't forget about those black eyed peas. I yes. have done that in the past. Just get so 
busy with everything till you uh, forget that that main item that you're you know you're supposed to have for good luck. <laughs> I can do that. I just can't do the cabbage. I can do black eyed peas all day long. I just uh-huh. just can't do the cabbage. Well, Melissa, y'all be safe, and uh, we'll catch you in 2022. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks, Super Talk. Bye, guys. See you. Melissa Socher. And guys, we are uh, we're we're wrapping this up. Kelly, best of show tomorrow. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, Derek Hamilton, who was on that uh, NIT championship team and was the author of the Gold Twenty Three Lob, that great play of uh, lobbing the ball up to him. Casey Fisher would throw it up to him, and he'd slam it home, and the entire Reed Green Coliseum would erupt. Uh, we got a chance to talk to him a little bit uh, earlier, about a month or so ago. His son Kyle is going to be one of the top draft picks in the National Football League draft. Uh, defensive back out of Notre Dame. So we'll get to replay that tomorrow. A couple uh, of news and notes real quick before we, uh, before we leave. I will be out the next couple of weeks uh, doing some Ph.D. seminars. So uh, you guys hold it down. And throw it up for Jody Lott. Retiring this week after 35 years, the mayor can now rule without any hindrances. Congratulations, Jody Lott. Oh, boy. What was the, the emperor saying Star Wars? Un tethered power or whatever there we go or whatever there we go all right everybody happy new year will be safe luke we'll see everybody in 2022 until then southern miss to the top top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.